house price crash. Is there going to be a house price crash in the UK? This is what we're going to answer. This we're going to answer this today. How can you benefit from this house price crash? If you're a millennial, maybe you've been priced out of the housing market for so long, and this could be an opportunity of a lifetime. We're going to give away hints, tips, and what you should be doing in a property crash. What's why is property price property price crashing? What does a property price crash look like? We're going to look at the past events. We're going to look back to the 1990s. We're going to look back to 2008. And we're going to look into um, the last year. What could you do to benefit from this crash? So first of all, why is property price crashing? So many banks and builders societies have predicted that house prices are going to fall at the end of this year or next year. So prices are already coming off slightly. And potentially next year, there's going to be a price crash. Some commentators, some analysts are predicting 20%, 30% crash. This is scary times for a number of um, house owners who have bought at the top. And potentially you could be going into negative equity. And this means that the, the amount you pay back, the amount you owe to the bank is higher than the price of your actual house yourself. So Borrowing is increasing, so interest rates are spiking up. We've had a massive period of low interest rates where money has been cheap to, to borrow. And now the Bank of England have raised prices to 3%. So the interest rates are 3% now. This is good for savers. If you've got money in a bank, you're going to get more money back in interest than you have done previously. So since the financial crash in 2008, there has been really low interest rates, which is basically to encourage growth. The, the government or the Bank of England, who is owned by the government, have basically reduced interest rates in 2008 to try and stimulate the economy. And what has happened now since the pandemic, there's um, been a mass increase in inflation. So the cost of living has increased. You might have noticed this in your gas prices when you put the heating on at night. You might have realised this in the supermarkets when you buy food. You might have noticed this in the cost of petrol when you when you put increase the when you put the um, put the fuel into your car. Its prices have gone up. So this is you might have noticed this in things are getting more expensive, and this is basically creating inflation where the cost of living, cost of prices has increased. And basically, this means that in the price of um, cost, cost of living has increased. And to stop this, to stop inflation, the Bank of England, the, the way to do to, to stop the increase of, of prices is to increase inflation, uh, increase interest rates. So, so interest rates have gone up to three percent. And this basically means that cost of borrowing. So if you go, to, if you want to borrow money from a bank, this is going, this has gone up. The amount of money you have to pay back has increased so this is bad news if you're if you want to borrow money because you basically need to pay this back pay you have to pay more back of the amount you're, you're borrowing this is really bad news for buy to let owners as well so if you're a buy to let owner and most of buy to let mortgages are, are short um two to three years uh, fixed the, the amount you can borrow is two to three years fixed amount so there's loads of buy-to-let mortgages that are actually coming on to variable rates, which means that it's going to be the 3% or base rate. It's going to be affected by, by the base rate. 
So if loads of buy-to-let mortgages are um, basically going to be more expensive, many landlords, many buy-to-let landlords are going to be selling up. And this is kind of increase the supply of properties. So I used to trade gas and whenever I used to trade gas, I would ask my manager or my the head trader, where the price going? And he always replied to me, Neil, supply and demand always sets price. So supply and demand, supply and demand, supply and demand. And that's exactly the same with the housing market. So the supply and the demand. And what a lot of commentators miss out in, it's not just supply and demand of housing, it's actually supply and demand of credit. So how much credit is available? So in 2008, what the Bank of England did, or what the government did, is quantitative easing, which is basically printed loads of money. And this increased the supply of money massively. And this meant that it was easier to borrow money. It meant that there was more money swishing around in the system and that banks were much more likely to lend money. So this has been reduced. Quant- um, interest rates has have increased, which meant mortgages are more expensive to pay back and help to buy schemes are coming to an end. So the government uh, 2008 introduced a help to buy scheme, which basically means that they were going to essentially help you to buy. They were going to essentially back the back these guarantee. They were going to guarantee a lot of these lending to ha- to new house houses, to new build houses. And basically this means that the government would would basically guarantee that some of these loans and this means that that basically this this gave a massive support to the housing market in 2008 so this has meant that basically a lot of millennials have been priced out of the housing market so with these help help to buy schemes coming to an end this basically means that the supply of money is drying up so there's less mortgages available so a lot of mortgages a lot of banks Build societies are pulling a lot of offers, and it meant so the so the supply of money is being reduced, which basically means there's less people able to get mortgages, which means that less people are competing for individual houses. So if you imagine that, say, imagine three people have mortgages competing for one house, they're much likely to push that price up. So supply and demand of credit and money is going to push prices up so that was in 2008 but now there's less uh, mortgages available and so essentially less supply of the uh, of mortgages competing for these houses which is going to effectively going to reduce the price of housing so another great way to find out where prices are going is if you look at the house builders the share price of the house builders and this is what they call a leading indicator. It's just made, this basically means that the price of house builders, if that drops, the share price of house of house builders drop. This basically, basically means that the market is not confident that that these house there's going to be enough demand for people buy uh, building houses in the future. So if house builders drop, and they've been dropping, some house builders have dropped fifty percent. 40% and 30%. I've got a real good gra- graph that I can actually put in the comments of showing the price of house builders. And if they've dropped, it means that the market is not confident that in the long term next year or 2023, 2024, that the market is not confident that 
house builders are going to go up in value. So these are not seen to be a good buy in the market. And so this is the market is not confident that house builders are going up. So there's not going to be a demand for house builders in the future. This is going to reduce the price of houses. So if you look at a number of banks and builder sites, what they predict, the Halifax Nationwide, all of them are predicting house prices to soften in 2022 and 2023. And remember, house build, house, um, house builders, house um, uh, banks and builder sites, they're always going to be bullish on the housing market. They they benefit from a, a rising house price. So it's very unlikely. It's got to be pretty serious if they're predicting a house reduction. A number of other uh, banks like Credit Suisse, I think, predicted 20% drops. This is kind of crazy price drops um, in the future. So we've lived through, apart from 2008, we've kind of lived through house prices increasing year on year. And it's always been kind of a safe bet for to put your money into property. And this is kind of not not going to be the case in 2022 2023 and potentially 2024 as well so this is not necessarily a good time to be a homeowner or to be a buy to let um, landlord but with everything it's long term these like everything house prices are a market like everything else so just like the oil market just like the food market just like anything else say the market for books on Amazon, there's always a, um, a supply and a, um, and, a, and a demand for these goods. And like every market, there's the demand and supply sets the price. So we've, we've had 10 years of kind of year on year growth and you, there's kind of the mantra of you can't lose on property. So this is, this is kind of people think it's a no brainer and to put money into property, but like everything else, it's a market. There's, buyers and sellers and depending on how many buyers and sellers there are there's a, a set price and we've kind of had a, a massive growth and we, we might have um, a reduction in prices in the next year or two and this can be a huge opportunity so it's not always doom and gloom we're heading into a recession and this is not always doom and gloom if you're watching this you're maybe you're a millennial maybe you've been priced out the market for for, for 10 years for five years um for few years and now this could be a once in a lifetime opportunity where you can actually come in and buy property prices a property which is kind of much much lower than you would have paid maybe two three years ago so this is a good thing for maybe a millennial and maybe yeah maybe maybe baby boomers are selling up because they've um they want to move to nearer the coast maybe they want to move to their nearer their grandchildren maybe boomers baby boomers are selling up because they don't want to live in a city they kind of maybe they don't want to live in london anymore it's too busy it's kind of too polluted maybe it's too noisy and so they're selling up and moving out so there's lots of yeah lots of opportunity with with every market there's always opportunity and i the way i think of it like think of it like if you look think of the uk it's not always markets don't always move together they don't always move it's, it's their individual markets so london might be a very different market to northern ireland for instance london might be a very different market to cornwall so potentially i think london's going to reduce because it's been such a hot market for so long it's been it's been kind of boom times property prices in london have risen 500 percent since the 1990s which is kind of crazy times so 
but there might be other markets like say Cornwall, Devon, where people want to be by the coast. People might want a second home. People might want to live kind of more uh, relaxed lifestyle. There might be more opportunities where you can work from home. Now, because of the pandemic, it's kind of opened up where it's much more normal to work from home. So maybe people might want to live and buy on properties by the coast and they don't want to necessarily live in London because they can work from home four or five days a week, maybe. And maybe they only need to be in the office maybe one day a week or maybe once a, once a month. So that means they don't necessarily need to be have the access to be so close to the kind of the hot markets that has always been London. So that's another thing. So we're talking about residential property here. So there's two types of property. There's residential, which is the roof over your head where people live. Then there's also commercial property. So commercial property could be shopping centres. It could be offices. It could be warehouses. It could be, yeah, loads of different, basically it's from, businesses and with commercial properties maybe think of offices so people don't live um maybe people don't need to be going to the office so 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 often so with a pandemic working from home that's another this is another impact of the pandemic so maybe the the demand for offices isn't as great as it was previously so maybe just think to yourself maybe if you're an office worker, maybe you're not in not going into the office five days a week. Maybe you're going into the office two days a week, and that space, that office, isn't being used. That demand is not there anymore. So maybe your employer, maybe they don't need as many desks. Maybe they can reduce the amount of desks, and that's reducing the demand. These are all going to have an impact on the property price. So maybe that commercial property might turn into a residential property. So I've got property in Bristol that used to be a Betts. That used to be a pet. I think it was a vet or a pet shop, but that's now a that's now turned from a commercial property to a residential property. We've got someone living living there now. So the, the demand for commercial might not be as high as it once was, and that could turn into residential, and that's going to increase the supply of residential properties when it goes commercial to residential. And that means that there's going to be more beds for people to you can maybe potentially rent out or buy. So it all comes back to supply and demand. So let's look at the population. So it's also population. So population growth has been pretty stagnant in the UK. There's, I know if you look at the right wing press, the Daily Mails of the world, or maybe Fox News, you've, they'll have you think that there's you know, immigrants arriving every day, storming the beaches of Dover, there was, um, I think the Home Secretary came out this week saying there's been an invasion of migrant workers coming to the UK, which is obviously absolutely ridiculous. But if you look at the data and look at, look at the facts, the population growth in the UK has only increased 0.34%, so 0.34% in 2022 from 2021. So it's barely growing at all. So population actually isn't increasing that much so that's that demand is actually not increasing as much as people would think if you read the, the right-wing press and also the supply of property is actually increasing so there's been 38,436 new houses being built in the UK which isn't that much compared to what the plans were if you look at some of the plans what what people, what the government was meant to build, it was meant to build hundreds of thousands of new homes, which hasn't been the case. There's a number of reasons for that. 
planning permission is quite difficult to get on Greenbelt. There's kind of the, the nimbins, they're not in my back garden. There's, if you have planning permissions, a lot of um, people kind of um, don't want people having new builds in their back garden. So there's a lot of this planning permission gets rejected. But one thing that's been increasing is extensions. So if you look at extensions or loft conversions, this is increasing massively, especially over lockdown where people had and people weren't spending money to go out. They weren't commuting costs and people decided to spend that money in as an extension. So the where I've got this here. So the number of Google searches for house extension has been never been higher. So more people are extending their houses, more people are getting loft conversions. There's been huge amounts of loft conversion and this is increasing the supply. So if you've maybe converted your loft to a bedroom, you can rent that bedroom out and that's going to increase supply. And as we, as this, this is a theme of this video, supply and demand sets the price. So the more supply compared to demand, it means the price is going to drop. If there's more demand compared to the supply price will increase so it's basic economics so another thing that's increased is the uh, so transport links as well so there's a, an elizabeth line in london which is goes all kind of what used to be called crosswell it goes from east to west and now someone living in the reading can have access to london so this is basically increases supply of people if you want to get into london within an hour this crosswell basically means there's more houses or some more supply that you can get into London within an hour. So more supply, less or less demand means prices are gonna drop. So this is kind of the theme of basically that looks like property prices are gonna go down in the next year or two. This can be good news. You can snap up a bargain if you are, if you have your, um, potentially if you've got your mortgage all set up, then you can go in and look for distressed sellers. So what's the best way to get a bargain is look for distressed sellers. Look at the, the four Ds. So debt, divorce, death, and despair. So this is where you're going to get a bargain. So if there is debt, so my first property in um, Bristol was, we bought that off a bank. So the bank just wanted to get rid of it because there was, um, they, the person was in debt and they, they couldn't repay their mortgage. So essentially the bank repossessed that and then sell, sold that. And they just wanted to get it off their books. And it means you can get, you can get a bargain there. If you've got, say, um, death, if someone's died, perhaps they, the, the, the children of that person who dies, if they're an elderly person, they just want to get that house off the hands. This house I'm in at the moment in Oxford, it was... Um, um, someone had died in it and essentially they sold it to us because that person was um, you know, an elderly person and they wanted to get it off the books. If they essentially, if they're worried or stressed and they want to essentially just get out of the, the property market, then you're going to get, a, you're going to get much more of a bargain than if someone doesn't want to sell, that person is not going to, they're going to kind of negotiate for a higher price. So that's a, a little tip there. Look at, look for distressed sellers, essentially debt, death or um yeah the four one four d's we mentioned previously so supply and demand it's not just supply and demand of houses also supply and demand of credit so in the last house price crash in 2008 there was a massive recession there was a you know, credit crunch 
banks basically were lending out money where they shouldn't have to people who kind of subprime mortgages. And essentially, the government bailed out. The, the, the property price would have been a lot more. However, the, the basic government bailed out, um, helped out house price, um, basically because it's bad for governments to have the house price crash because voters don't essentially like um, they're not going to vote for you if, if the, their house price goes down. So if you think of the current government, it's a conservative government. Most of those voters are elderly people, the boomers, and I think they're homeowners. So the conservative government can do all they can to reduce the price. Um, they're going to do all they can to stop the house price crash. So what do they do? They did three things. Essentially, they increased um, quantity of easing. So they printed loads of money. So that increased the supply of credit, meant more mortgages were available. They, the Bank of England reduced interest rates, so it was cheap money. It was cheaper to buy, and they had a help-to-buy scheme as well. So these three things, the Bank of England, who the government owns the Bank of England, essentially those three things, quantitative easing, printing of money, reduced interest rates, and help-to-buy scheme, where they basically um, backed up, the, they basically guaranteed these mortgages, helped keep the house price buoyant in 2008. So it should have been much more, much worse in 2008. London house prices should have been much worse, but the government basically stepped in and bailed out house, house owners. Is this going to be the same this time? I don't know. We've got a conservative government here. It feels different. It feels very different this time compared to 2008. So potentially it might be beneficial. If you think of who are going to be... If, if the government want to win the next election, maybe they want the millennials to vote for them. So they might not bail out the house price as they did before because they want to have millennials to be house, house owners. So that's a thought there. So let's think. So potentially, so how could you get benefit of this? So if there is going to be a house price crash, this could be an opportunity. It's not always bad. If you read the papers, they always make this kind of doom and gloom, but this could be an opportunity. If you've got property already, maybe you look to buy another property. Maybe you, I don't know, don't need to live where you where you work. So if you're in London you're like, and you're thinking, I can never afford where I live, you don't have to buy where you live. You could buy other parts of the country. You could buy other parts of the world. It's higher risk. You've got kind of different contracts, different legal systems if you're buying around the world. But it might be you could buy a pick up a bargain. I bought in Bristol, as I mentioned before, and you get much better value for your money outside of London. So with commuting further, with pandemic, you might be working from home. You don't have to buy in London. You could live somewhere else and commute in maybe one day a week. It might be a bit of a pain to get in. You might have to commute further. But if you're only doing that one day a week rather than the five days a week, this might be, it might not be so bad if you get a bargain you could start saving up for a deposit. I know the cost of living crisis is increasing, but if you can build up that deposit, that's going to put you in much better stead. You're going to get these much better bargains on your mortgage. The interest rates are 3%. They might go up further, but they might go down in a good few years' time. So thinking about buying later on could be worth saving up for that deposit. And also, so we talked about supply and demand of houses, we talked to supply, supply and demand of credit. There's also supply and demand of land. So this is something that never, no one ever talked about in other YouTube videos. I've never, never seen this on other YouTube videos. So supply and demand of land. Remember in the UK, the aristocracy 
who's like the queen and kind of the lords and the kind of um, dukes and duchesses, they own a third of the United Kingdom, which is crazy. So they learn they own a third of the United Kingdom. And there was this is there was a book called Who Owns England? And they looked at real data from the there's a data that gets released that's, that anyone can can access. Is it the um, in public it's in the public domain and basically this book looked at who owns all the land in the uk and they they discovered a third of the land is owned by aristocracy which is crazy so potentially some of that land could be released back and that's going to that's going to increase the supply of land that's not going to be likely anytime soon but that will reduce property prices massively remember property prices Increasing property prices isn't always a good thing. It's not always a good thing to have increasing property prices because it means your affordability is it's going to be, and it means it's going to be much much lower. People are not going to be able to afford property prices, and the, the banks and builder side they have a new lending regime. So they look at affordability now compared to what they used to do in two thousand eight. In two thousand eight, you used to have what they called self certified loans you would just say on a piece of paper how much you earn and especially with builders and kind of trades people they would just self-certify their, their how much they earn and then the bank would lend that to them which meant you could basically make it up and which happened quite often and they would lend much more than they would do um if you have to if there's higher checks and balances so in 2008 the, there was legislation that came in that basically meant you couldn't do that anymore and lending restriction is much higher so it's much higher criteria to for banks and builders like to lend money and they look at your affordability if you can actually pay this back and they kind of stress test this i've got a mortgage from this house in oxford which i bought with my partner and they stress test they looked at our affordability and with inflation increasing cost of living how much you pay on bills your food prices and uh, petrol prices, that means that people are gonna be able to uh, borrow less because that affordability is, is gonna be less because the cost of living is rising. They look at how much you can afford to, to, to have spare. So that's a, that's a summary of the house prices. So in summary, I do think the house price is gonna crash probably 10, 20%. It all depends on what the government do. So I don't, whenever I think about what you can control, what you can't control. So are the government going to come in and kind of bail out um, house owners? There's, there was things like what they did during the coronavirus, uh, corona crisis that they did things like they did a stamp duty holiday. That's where you didn't pay, pay tax. Are they going to bring in kind of new kind of legislation that's going to bail out um, house price, um, house prices? So we don't know that. What about foreign buyers as well? So with the cost of, the pound dropping against many other currencies like the dollar and the euro, it makes it much cheaper to buy in the UK. So when the pound drops, it basically means that other currency is stronger and it means you can get more for your money if you're a foreign buyer. So potentially what also happened in 2008, the pound also dropped at that time and it meant that foreign buyers came in and bought property, UK property on the cheap. Is that going to happen again? Maybe. I do think that the UK is not as... Kind of a, a quality buy as it once was 10, 20 years ago. We're kind of in a bit of a crisis at the moment. If you look at our politics, the kind of leadership, kind of it's a bit of a merry-go-round at the moment. 
it's, we're not as kind of strong and stable as we once were. So we're not as attractive as potentially we were in 2008. But who knows? Who, who knows what foreign buyers? Maybe, maybe that would keep kind of prices higher. So um, I had a question from um, someone who read my book, Millennial Money Mindset, and they said, should they be buying? Should they buy? They've got an opportunity to be buying in, in January, so basically, it depends on what you want. So don't try and time the market. It's about being time in the market. So with house prices, I've made kind of errors where I thought that the price in 2008 was going to be much, going to go down much lower. And I, I kind of got caught out because prices dropped and then they kind of spiked up massively again. So buy more because of lifestyle. So if you can, everyone should have a family house. It's It's... It gives you so much peace of mind that the landlords are going to kick you out. You can kind of build an extension. You can add value. You can paint. You can add value that way. You can do the gardening. You can actually feel like a real home. You can actually go in the garden and feel kind of the, the dirt in your hand. And actually you can, it feels kind of, it's coming that Maslow hierarchy of needs, that kind of pyramid of, pyramid of needs. You kind of have, have that safe security at the bottom and you kind of have that esteem and kind of belonging. You can have, feel part of the community you can have kind of decorated to how you like so i think everyone should emulate to everyone should aspire to buy their own house if you if you can buy with a partner then you can combine those mortgages and you get more for your money you can combine those deposits and you get much more for your money and no it's not for everyone can't afford it but to to get have a property over the long term, having an asset, a real life asset, a living, breathing asset, is going to go up in price over time. Whereas if you just keep money in a bank, although interest rates are at 3% now, and you might be getting more interest than you previously did, it's still getting long term. Having money sat in a bank is not going to be as good or as it's not going to generate as much value as if you buy real living breathing assets like buying property or putting money into the stock market so don't try and time the market do what's right for you don't be buying because of you think there's going to be a, don't hold off because you think there's going to be a price crash it's so difficult to time the market you're trying to predict what millions of people are doing there's so many so many different so many different people, government schemes, you, you, there's no way that you can predict every time what, what the property market is going to be like. And each property market is different. The property market in London is so different to the property market in Scotland or Northern Ireland or Wales, for instance. So there's all these little property markets that all have their individual supply and demand. So yeah, that's hopefully this, this video has been useful. My name is Neil Doig. I'm the founder of Money Tips. This is Millennial Money Mindset. You might be watching this on um, YouTube. You might be listening to this on a podcast. I am live on Money Tips on TikTok. Please join us on Money Tips on TikTok if you want short, snappy videos. Please, please like, please subscribe, please tell a friend. Please pick up my book, Millennial Money Mindset, if you want the fruit, you need the root. It was shortlisted by the Financial Times. It was an Amazon bestseller. It's the, one of the best investments you can make into yourself. Just buy a book, buy a, a £10 book and educate yourself about investing. It's money wires tops of power's biggest cause of stress and worry. There's never been so much stress and worry to, as today about investing and money worries. But education is one way to reduce your stress and worry. 
yeah, thank you so much. Hopefully this has been useful. Please like, please subscribe, please tell a friend. Thanks again.